Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. In this episode, you'll meet Cheryl Rajala from Sudbury, Ontario, a mom to two competitive curlers. Find out what led to a magical moment on the ice at a U18 Provincial Championship. In February, the curling community celebrates Curling Day in Canada. One of the events is a story contest put on by Curling Canada. Curlers from across the country submit their stories in the hope of winning a prize. Back in January, I was browsing through old entries when I found a story written by Cheryl Rajala of Sudbury, Ontario. It was about an incredible moment at the U18 Northern Ontario Provincial Championships in March of 2020. Here is Cheryl reading the story that she wrote for the Curling Day in Canada website. How to Make a Curling Mom Cry by Cheryl Rajala The Rajalas are a curling family. My husband Brian has been playing since he was a young boy. Then he taught me the game after we finished college. So it was only natural that when our two kids were small, we would introduce them to the sport as well, instead of the ever-popular hockey. They took to it like ducks on water. Fast forward to March 2020 and the U18 Northern Ontario Provincial Championships in the wonderful curling city of Sault Ste. Marie. Both my 17-year-old daughter Lauren and her 14-year-old brother Brendan and their respective teams had qualified for this event. The whole family was there. As a mom, I was not going to miss seeing them both play, and Brian is Brendan's coach. By the age of 16, Lauren was already a two-time provincial champ, two-time national champ, having won the 2019 U18 Nationals and 2019 Canada Winter Games, and she was also selected to play on the Canadian Youth Olympic curling team in Switzerland. For Brendan, though, this was his very first provincials. I was so proud and oh so nervous when they both made it to the championship final. It's a good thing they were playing on the sheets next to each other, or I would have worn a path in the carpet pacing back and forth at the Community First Curling Centre. The games were so close, and sure enough, they both went to extra ends. To my astonishment and extreme relief... Both games ended within seconds of each other, and both kids were winners. But it's what happened next that is my most memorable moment in curling and as a mother. As their games ended, my daughter rushed over to her brother's sheet and enveloped him in the biggest bear hug to celebrate. I was already in tears, but seeing them hugging and smiling from ear to ear sent me over the edge. Thank goodness our friend Jan DeShane was there to capture the moment for me. It was the sweetest moment, and I'll never forget it. This all happened a mere five days before Ontario's first lockdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Curling got shut down, and the kids were not able to attend the U18 National Championships, which were to be played in our hometown of Sudbury. Nevertheless, we hold on to this happy memory and hold out hope that we are able to get back soon to the sport we all love. Now here is my interview with Cheryl, Recorded in February of 2022. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Cheryl, could you begin by telling me about your husband, Brian? How did he start curling? 
And how did he get you involved in the sport? Um, my husband, Brian, uh, started curling probably when he was nine or 10. Um, he lived in a little town called Falconbridge and, uh, they had a, their curling club was right outside his back door. So he just kind of had to, you know, fall out his back steps and, and go to the club. I think, I think his brother, his older brother at the time got, um, got him involved. Um, and yeah, he just, he just loved it and, and it took off from there. And, and how did, uh, Oh, actually a little more about Brian. Was he a competitive curler? Like what, what level would you say he was at? He got into competitive curling at, at the time when he was competitive, he was, he was junior, but at the time they didn't have, they didn't have the, uh, the, you know, you know, like U15 or U18 or U21. It was just junior. So anywhere from the age range of 12 to 20. So yeah, he was, he was playing against, he would be, you know, 13 years old and playing against the older 19 year old, uh, boys. So yeah, I think he played in a couple of Pepsi juniors and, uh, finished, uh, I think he was runner up one time. And how did you get involved with the sport? Uh, yeah, well, we went to college together and, uh, when we were finished college, he, we were just kind of, you know, looking for something to do, something to, uh, pass the time. And he said, well, why don't you, why don't we play, uh, mixed curlings on, on Friday night? So I, uh, I agreed and he taught me and been, uh, curling ever since just, just for fun. I, I don't, I'm not competitive at it by any means. Uh, where was, where was this? Where, where were you, where did you start curling? At that same club where he started at Falcon Bridge Curling Club. It's now closed, but uh, that's where, that's where I got started. Sorry, maybe I should have led with this, but you're in Northern Ontario, correct? Yeah, we're in Sudbury. So Falconbridge is just a little town that's five minutes north of Sudbury, so it's not very far. But uh, yeah, we're in Sudbury still. Now, your children got involved into curling. When, when did they get started in curling? Um, my oldest daughter, she's 19 now, but she was, I think, six or seven when we got, first got her started. Um, she wasn't the type, um, that liked, um, the contact sports. Like we tried, we tried her with soccer and she hated that. So I, we didn't think she would do very well in hockey either. So, um, at the time there was a a big strike going on at one of our mining companies and, uh, the, uh, Falconbridge curling club that I mentioned before, they decided they were going to have a, they were going to, to do a free um, curling, Little Rocks curling for the, for anyone who wanted to join, especially for the striking families that maybe couldn't afford to put their kids into any sports that year. So, so we joined her up in that and, uh, she loved it right from there. And then, uh, my son, who's now 16, he was kind of, we would bring him to the club while she was playing and he saw what she was doing and I guess uh, he wanted to to do that too. So I think he was about five when he started. Well, I, I think you've hinted at this already, but what was it about curling that 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 uh, sparked a, a love for it in them? I don't know. I think I think Lauren just she seemed to have a knack for it right away. So I think that that kind of appealed to her that you know she was good at it and you know she wanted to play and she had fun out there. And, uh, yeah, like my, my son, 
like any little five-year-old out on the ice for the first time, he just had a blast slipping and sliding around. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, as a fellow, as a parent of a six-year-old, uh, I, I, I have to ask this. I mean, since you both were p- curling parents, was there a, a motivation for you to get them in the sport or, or was it the natural thing? Did you bring them out to like the occasional bond spiel? I, I don't know. How, how did you uh, expose them to the sport? Yeah, they came and watched uh, a few bond spiels um, when my husband was playing. We didn't take them too often. At the time, there was a lot of smoking and curling clubs. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was, it's been a while, but now, now there's no <laughs> smoking in clubs. So you see kids all over the place, but we took them to a few. They wouldn't stay too long, but um, yeah. Could you expand a little more about uh, those first few years of their, of their curling careers? Uh, I take it they were they at one club? Did they move around? Uh, uh, were there any coaches that they latched on to? What was it like those first couple of years? So we started them off in Little Rocks. That was at the Falconbridge Curling Club. They didn't offer that that program for very long, so... Then we moved them over to another club in, in Coniston, nearby Coniston. Um, they had a, another Little Rocks program. Um, it was it worked for us because it was on a good night. Um, so they stayed there for a couple of seasons. And I think they changed the nights on us, so we couldn't go there. We ended up at the Idlewild. And the Idlewild um, is right in the center of town. It had a really good Little Rocks program with, you know, a lot of the the coaches there were were parent coaches, um, but there was there was a few of them. And my husband was my daughter's first coach, and my son. He still coaches my son today, but he was her first coach. And uh, we just kind of, you know, as they as they got a little bit older and a little uh, more, you know, the the uh, I guess better at curling, um, they kind of moved up in the ranks, and you know. There was enough kids there that they could put together teams. It's a little harder now, but um, at the time, there's a lot of kids to choose from. So they, you know, they just they just found some kids they wanted to play with and put a team together, and then they just started from there. And at, at the time, there was a lot of um, youth challenges. They were they called them around town. So mainly at the Idlewild Curling Club and, and Coppercliff as well, um, but we would uh, play in a lot of those and, you know, it, it got a lot of kids out playing their own age range and uh, yeah, they had a lot of fun. Could you uh, maybe elaborate a bit more? What, what were the youth challenges? Were they just, uh, I don't know, head to head games against local clubs? Yeah, they, they had uh, kids teams from local clubs around town and we'd all get together and put together, uh, you know, a, a, a bond spiel for them. And there would be prizes at the, yeah, uh, there would be prizes for them at the end and Tim Hortons donuts and all that fun stuff. And they had, they had a blast. (laughs) What was it like for your husband to be uh, the coach for your children? He started off coaching my daughter. Um, I I guess he he would probably tell you that coaching girls is a little bit different than coaching boys. Um, He found with, with my daughter that she didn't take to criticism a little from her father, she had a little bit of trouble separating coach from dad sort of thing. Um, so he coached her for a couple of years and then we decided um, there was another team that had asked her if they wanted to join. So we decided that would probably be a, a good thing for her. Um, so she switched over to that 
competitive team and he just kind of continued on coaching my son. So right. he found that a little bit easier. And you say he's his current coach, correct? Yeah. Okay. That's correct. Now, at this point, you have two children who are on who are competitive curlers, uh, competitive mm-hmm. junior curlers. What were some of the challenges that you faced uh, having two kids in the competitive stream? I, I, I can think of things like money. <laughs> There's one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, travel. So uh, am I putting words in your mouth? What are some of the things you found challenging? No, that's two, two of the big ones right there. Um, money for sure. And the traveling, which kind of go hand in hand. Um, in Northern Ontario, like I said, um, there's not a lot of competitive teams up here. So if you want to to get better and play um, teams that will bring you up to that level, then we had to go down south, down to Southern Ontario and play in those those Ontario Junior Curling Tours. And uh, the, um, I forget what it's called, but anyway, yeah, part of that tour. So, you know, they got to go down south and, and, and play those teams that were maybe a little bit better than, than them and, and get that experience. And um, they had a lot of fun too, because it was all, it's always fun going out of town for them. Right. Do you remember <laughs> the first time they went out of town, either Lauren or Brendan? It was probably Lauren. Um, it would have been Lauren. Yeah, for sure. But uh, geez, I can't remember where we went. Probably. <laughs> oh no, I do remember. It was in Kitchener at the Granite Club in Kitchener. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh I, I would just, uh, are there particular stories you remember? I mean, the distances we're talking about can get pretty long. Uh, any travel stories you've got? Uh, the one that kind of jumped out at me was, I think, I'm not sure where we were. It was down south somewhere, but heading home, it was a late night. I think we were, it was, we were probably in the final because we were heading home late, late at night on a Sunday. And, uh, we ended up, there was an accident or something around Perry sound. And we had to, we had to do a detour, um, back through the back roads and out, come out at North Bay and then head home. I don't think we got home until two or three in the morning. Wow. That was kind of an, an adventure for sure. <laughs> so we're talking about the travel, but you, we've also mentioned the, the money aspect was there fundraising involved? Like how much are we looking at for a competitive team? And, uh, at, at that age, at uh, sorry, at that age range, I guess it depends on how much you want to play. Um, if you want to, there were times, I think we were going down South maybe every second weekend and, uh, yeah, the, the hotels, I think we, we kind of figured out that Airbnbs were a little bit more, cost efficient than hotels because you could cook in an Airbnb and not have to eat out all the time. We did Krispy Kreme donut fundraisers. We do bottle drives here in Sudbury where we go and collect everyone's empties and then bring them back to the, to the beer store <laughs> and get, right. get money for that. And uh, yeah, we did, we did all sorts of stuff like that. Did the teams have sponsors? Um, we do now. It's kind of, it was harder for the younger teams to to get established sponsors um once you once you start winning a lot of things and you kind of get a name for yourself then a lot of bigger sponsors will want to jump in but it's hard getting started Uh, it's a lot a lot of the time it's it's who you know right 
So right. it's it's family or you know family businesses, that sort of thing. That's that's what gets you started. I guess another challenge. I, I call it a challenge, but were your kids? Did, were they? How were they motivation wise? Did you feel? Did you find you ever needed to have to push them, or or did you have to ramp them back if you found that they were a little too competitive? Um, I haven't had to ramp them back yet, um, but my my daughter she's she's a fierce competitor and she just wants to be out there she's out of practice now actually but um she just wants to win and she's got that she's got that drive my son's not quite that driven but but he still loves the game and loves to play and and uh yeah still they still find the joy in it so and of course your daughter's had some uh, significant success for a junior. I mean, <laughs> even the, even at the uh, national, uh, international level for the youth Olympic team. So, yeah, yeah that's a uh, that's a lot <laughs> yeah. uh, for someone that young. I want to I want to fast forward now to uh, right before the uh, the story you wrote for the Curling Day in Canada uh, website and the the story you wrote for them. Um, now, leading up to the U18 championships in Northern Ontario, the one that you highlight in the story, mm-hmm. what were the expectations of your sons and your daughter's teams leading up to it? Were, were they expected to win? Uh, were they happy to be there? Um, my daughter was the, at the time, she was the reigning U18 national champion. So yes, they were expected to win again they were still the you know the same familiar teams that we we always see or had seen um in the past so um we knew what the competition was going in um with my son it was it was a different story because it was his first i believe it was his first provincial championship and uh so and there was i think there was five or six boys teams and and they were one of the younger teams there so we didn't have high expectations. We just wanted them to go out there and have fun. And, and uh, yeah, they, they put that, put together a few good games and ended up winning. So, well, could you set the scene for us? I I'm just picturing it in my own head. Was it like a, a week long round Robin? What was it like? Uh, how many days, uh, how many games? Could you go just go a little more into that? Oh gosh, I think um, we started, it was from, a, I believe, a Wednesday to Sunday. I believe there was maybe five or six boys teams. So you would probably do a round robin of each team and then go into the playoffs. And the uh, the girls side, similar? Similar, yeah. I think there was a similar amount of teams. I think it was pretty pretty equal on each side. Now, let's, let's uh, fast forward to the day of the the one that you highlight in the story um <laughs> how, what was the morning like <laughs> you woke up and you're you're playing in a championship or did they have to play earlier that day i i don't know um no i don't think they played this i don't think they played that day um so yeah the sunday is the championship day um uh, went into it um we i was i was more nervous for my son than for my daughter because i figured I figured my daughter would probably come out on top, but um, yeah, I was, I was nervous for my son. Just, I wanted to see him win and, and uh, 
yeah, it was nice that they were playing on sheets next to each other. So I didn't have to keep going back and forth to check on the scores. (laughs) That is not to be underestimated. (laughs) My limited knowledge of competitive curling as a coach. I, yeah, it would help. It helps when you're not on sheet one and eight. So yeah. yeah. Uh, How was your husband doing that day? He was good. Uh, he was, he was coaching. So he was, he was Brendan's coach that day. And, uh, so he was kind of focused on that and, uh, he got uh, front row seats down, down there and he was trying, he was, I guess he was finding it a little hard as the, as the game wore on that, you know, he was trying to keep concentrating on his game while my daughter's next door. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so he was, uh, finding that a little challenging. I mean, you obviously tell us the story. You do tell us about the moment in the story, but I, I want to just ask, I guess, a, f- a couple of just follow-up questions that come to mind. One of which is, obviously, who who won first? Or which team finished their game first? I think it was my daughter's team, and it, was, it, was, it wasn't very long. It was maybe seconds. So they, did, they didn't even come. They had finished their game. They were still at the other end of the ice clearing rocks off, I think, when my son won. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. And she, they both went to an extra end and they both ended around the same time. And she just, she noticed right away that he had won and just, just ran over to him. So <laughs> it was nice. I, and I, like, I was, I was so nervous for that game and I was just watching and just seeing them react like that. I had, I had no time to react and get my camera out. So it was nice to have uh, Jan there to capture that photo for me. And of course, that picture is on the website. So uh, yeah. great work, Jan. That was a, an excellent photo. It's actually what brought my attention to this story. I, a picture is worth a thousand words sometimes. So yeah. you, you see the photo and go, wait, what's this? And then you keep reading. I don't know if this is a strange question, but I'm going to ask it. When you saw that reaction between the two of them on the ice, did it surprise you? How, how did you feel? Oh, I don't think it surprised me, but I was pretty proud of them for that. I mean... You don't, uh, you don't get to see that off. That's it's, it was spontaneous for them and you don't get to see that very often. So yeah, I was, I was more proud than surprised. Yeah. Well, well, obviously after that happened, this was in March of 2020 of all times. And, mm-hmm. uh, I take it they were unable to go to the U18 nationals. I believe it was canceled. Am, am I getting this yeah. correct? Yeah, but, it was canceled. Right, which is unfortunate, but uh, like many things in the world uh, during the pandemic, uh, uh, that's just what happened. What What is their current status? You said your daughter's literally practicing right now. Uh, w- she's still. What team is she on? Uh, what level is she curling at? She's in the U twenty um, level, junior. So right now there are gearing up for the U20 Provincials, which is being held in Sault Ste. Marie next week. Um, both my son my son and my daughter are going to be competing in that. Um, they're gearing up for that. Plus, they're also gearing up, they're also practicing in, and uh, getting ready for the, um, the World Championships that they qualified for back in Saskatoon in November. So they'll be going to Sweden in May for that. Oh, wow. Exciting. Yeah. Now, this was a, a beautiful moment, a magic moment on the ice that you did a great job sharing with everybody else and, and writing, and, and we're fortunate enough to have you read it out to us. But I'm thinking about other curling parents and, and other sports parents out there who have kids that are 
competitive. Would you have any advice for them? Uh, and, and you can take this in any direction you want, but uh, you know, I, I think it's unrealistic to think you'll have a magic moment like that. Like every person will have that. That's a pretty unique moment in time, having both of your kids win championships on the same literally piece of ice. Any advice to share with the audience? Um, I think it's just a matter of being supportive. Um, if, if it's their dream to play, um, yeah, just, just let them go. If it's, if it's, if they're doing well with it and they're, they're also, you know, keeping their schooling together, then yeah, just let them play and have fun and, and see where it takes them. When you say supportive, what, what kind of support are you talking about? Um, just the normal parent stuff, you know, they got to go out to, to games. You're there to, you know, to take them there. And, you know, you know, finances is also a big thing. They got, it's got to get paid for somehow and just being there for them when, when they're winning and also when they're not winning, just uh, lend them an ear when they need it and just, just be there for them, I guess. Cheryl, could you share a story of a time when, either your daughter or son lost a game and it maybe it was a, a really crucial game and how they bounced back from that and what role you might've played or your husband might've played in that. Oh gosh. Um, the big one for my daughter was probably at the youth Olympics. Um, they lost in the quarterfinal in an extra end. Um, it was a really tight game and they were, they were devastated and the parents were devastated as well. So we all, we all had to, you know, the parents had to kind of stay strong for them and, you know, let them process their emotions. And, you know, it was, it was tough for them because there was media there too. And they wanted their interviews like right after they had lost and that sort of thing. But they did a really good job of, of, con you know, of controlling their emotions and, and, processing that loss and we were you know really proud of them the way they handled that um and yeah you know it, it was it was hard for us parents too just to to help them through that and yeah it was that was a tough one and even with my son lately he had they had uh, lost um a big final to qualify for the Ontario Winter Games and they had won every game you know going up to the final and just had just had a really bad game and that happens and you just have to let them know at the end of the game or you know to process that you know bad games happen and you just kind of have to park it move on and on to the next one sorry I, I i can picture in my head i'm just sorry based on what you're telling me and just picturing it in my own head even as a parent of a six-year-old just you know, after that loss at the Youth Olympics, what did you say? <laughs> I, I can't even think like what like as soon as they came off the ice. I mean, I, I would just like hands off. Even <laughs> I don't know if I'd say anything. I just let them. We, be we for didn't. A while. No, we we didn't say a lot. Um, they came off the ice, and it was there was a lot of tears um, on both sides. Um, so we just kind of let them let them go, let them grieve, and. Uh, there wasn't a lot of words in that first first day. It took a little while for the to the sting to come to come off, and then you know you could talk about it after. But uh, yeah, that, that first day or two was was pretty rough, and quiet, and uh, but they they came through it. 
No, I, I th- thank you for sharing that. I, I know that if you're in a, any kind of sport, most, most there's more, more losses than wins. There just yeah. there are. Like if everyone could win, it wouldn't be a sport. So one of the toughest questions is what to do when your child loses and it's a, a hard loss. So yeah. uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I know other parents are listening and going, yeah, I I, I'll admit, I, 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 I almost dread that moment where I have to deal with that with my son. No, thanks, Cheryl. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Um, do they ever get a break? <laughs> Summer? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. They used to play, like, we used to have them in sports. They would play curling in the winter and then um, baseball in the summer. But then it just kind of got too much and they just said okay we said okay well what what do you want we're gonna drop one sport which would you rather drop and they they both agreed that they would keep curling and then the summertime we would we would use for family time and spend time at camp and do that sort of thing so that was my interview with cheryl if you're a supporter of this podcast i encourage you to follow our twitter account which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol, followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling. <laughs>